and my Travel Wins podcast. I'm lucky to have Chris Gratton. How are you today, Chris? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks. Chris is a production manager. You you have more titles than, than I can imagine. <laughs> so let me hit them. Production manager, tour director, designer, tour producer, production manager, stage manager, set designer, um, yep. tour consultant, tour co-designer. I don't I, that's about it, right? Yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I actually got you because you're you're you travel more than me. But with the uh, shutdown right now, I'm trying to I'm actually getting a hold of people, which is kind of fun. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. For, uh, for all the wrong reasons. True that. It's a very sad time, but this too shall pass, and I, I believe a lot of positive is going to come out of it on the other end. It's going to be interesting to see the, I think, the bump, because it, it's a, it was, it, it's kind of a false depression. Correct. So I think we're going to hopefully come out of it much quicker than a regular depression, or recession, however they want to call it. Yeah, I, I would agree. Currently, the, the production manager, co-designer, tour director of, for Justin Bieber. Is that Correct. Right? But yeah, I mean, you've worked with, let me see if I can get this, Janet Jackson, Kanye West, Ariana Grande, Smashing Pumpkins, Guns N' Roses, P. Diddy, Clay Aiken, Kelly Clarkson, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, Korn, Billy Idol. It keeps getting yeah. better. Tool, <laughs> Super Bowl, Tracy Chapman. I mean, sure. So, sorry to bring up your past. <laughs> oh, this may feel a little old, but no, I love <laughs> exactly. it. I, I absolutely love what I do. So. In 30 years uh, of being in, in the production management tour business, how much has technology changed now? 150% for me because uh, of my age, I'm 51 now. When I first started, I got into this business doing lights, being a lighting designer. And we didn't have moving lights then. We had analog <laughs> consoles. We had, there was no no moving lights whatsoever. You know, we had gobos, arcans, lecos. There was zero moving lights. So on my end, as far as the lighting goes, it's tremendous because now everything's a moving light. And after that, everything became moving light with LED. So there's actually been, you know, a few huge developments since I've been in the business. And on the sound end, it's the same. They went from analog consoles to digital consoles. You know, um, it's everything now is digital. Um, so there's been mass changes as far as technology goes. Um, all for the better for the, the fans because the shows are they're more like spectaculars now. You know, it's very rare that you go to a show and it's you know just a band. Yeah. It's just a, yeah, lots of changes. I'm about the same age. I'm a year older than you, and I still appreciate just the bands like I still go to the Troubadour and, and I saw oh, Los Lonely Boys I saw X Ambassadors down in at the Orpheum awesome and just yeah, I think the smaller the venue the better and, and it was just great music yep I get the I get the big show my, my um I guess what I kind of regret my daughters got tickets to U2 at uh, the Rose Bowl and I'm like nah the, the tour I don't I've, it was a couple years ago two or three years ago okay. yep and I'm like nah I don't nah I mean you know, yeah, I, I mean, I've been a fan of you two since eighty one, eighty two. You know, Gloria yeah. and I will follow and oh yeah, rattle and hum. Yeah, so Joshua Tree, yeah, good stuff. I don't need to see them from a quarter mile away and watch the screen. That's just me. Yeah, I never hundred thousand people. Yeah, I don't get. It. I was a big deadhead. Well, still, I'm a big deadhead, and I didn't like any of the stadium shows. They just don't sound good. It doesn't look as good. There's no intimacy. 
Yeah. So it's a great vibe with the fans, but I go to see shows. I want to see the show and connect with it, you know? If it was a band and, I didn't care about, maybe I'd do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, just and look at it as an event. Yeah, like a stagecoach yeah. or, you know, something to that effect. Where, yeah. You know, we, and we yeah, had the festival here in Redondo Beach. That, that, nice. got, that got canceled. <laughs> but um, everything. Yeah. Because U2 music meant something to me, so I don't want to hear crappy U2 and, and pay. Yeah, it's very hard to find a, a decent sound in stadiums. I mean, bands do it, and you can find the pockets where it is, you know, but there's no way to make an entire stadium sound great. I was going to ask you, technology, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to imagine back even 15 or 20 years ago, if you didn't have emails, internet, and all that to communicate with all these different venues. Yes. Must have just been a, a complete pain in the ass. It was such a different world. I mean, we relied on pagers, finally. We didn't even have that at first. But fax, pagers, fax machines were fax new. Machines, fax machines were like, that was the saving grace, you know? Yeah. And you would, you would spend hours on the phone. Where now, so like if I was advancing a tour, before you fax everybody, get it out to everybody, then you start doing your roll calls, you know, but you'd have to spend hours on the phone explaining everything you know oftentimes the facts wouldn't come through right or smudged or you know you didn't know if people saw it or not and so your advance calls would take a lot longer and now yeah you know everything's on the internet we put everything up in dropbox the promoters the agents man everybody can see everything at one time and on their phone while they're trying you know (laughs) oh yeah you can do it you can pop in each other's screens you can see everything i mean advancing now it's so fine and detailed, like it's so easy and you have everything right there. No one can deny it. It's, you know, it's hard to get it wrong because it's so easy to, you know, pass around the information. Well, and you um, can even FaceTime now, which. Oh yeah. Always. Which yeah. I always say, I mean, talking on the phone's good. Texting to me is terrible, but I, I do it as much as Maybe. anybody else. <laughs> but, right. But, you know, when you FaceTime somebody, you can see. Their facial expressions, you can kind of see yeah. if they're staying interested and, you know, it just makes yeah. a big difference. We, we use WhatsApp a lot. WhatsApp's, yeah. you know, real popular everywhere else in the world. So that's, that's my favorite go-to. And now after this many years, we, I know all the promoters. You know, I know all the agents. We, we all know each other. So it's, we know each other's styles. We know what to expect. We know each other's crews. Between the technology, making it easier to advance, and that many years of experience, it's, you know, easy and it's great. I love it. You know, we were talking briefly before we, we, we got on air, but how many days a, a year are you on the road, do you think, roughly? Roughly, as I've gotten older, I've come back. <laughs> it used to be almost constantly. I mean, you know, there was an eight-year period in my life where I didn't even have a place. I just stayed in hotels when I was home or went on little vacations or whatever. Um, but now, 10 months, somewhere between eight and 10 months, I'm gone. You know, if I'm only gone eight months in a year, that's awesome. But it's usually between eight and 10. My wife travels out to me a lot. We have a two-week rule. So she either flies to me or I fly home for a day or whatever. Oh, gotcha. She just keeps it healthier, you know. Um, and I see my kids a lot. And, you know, that what you brought up, Skype and all that before, that was a yeah. huge. When that all came out, it became much easier for me to be away from the kids because I could see them and watch them grow and talk to them, their face every day, you know. When all that technology came out, it became a lot less stressful on me as far as the father part of my life. Well, and your wife too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that. My, my daughter went to um, London 
for a, a, a summer college thing. And we were FaceTiming, you know, when she was at her apartment because she had Wi-Fi there. And mm-hmm. I was like, she was just telling me, oh, yeah, I went on the double-decker buses today. Oh, yeah, we did this. We did that. And I'm like, it was literally like we were right there. So kind of Jetsonist, you know. Jetson, yep. you know, where you go. It's just weird. I'm like, you're in London right now, <laughs> you know. For one, yeah, my kids my kids at one point were so into it, they'd make me keep, I'd keep my computer I'm working on, then a tablet next to me opened on Skype so they could see in my office every day. Oh, I got so you. Cool, I'd turn it on. They could talk to my assistant or see me come and go out of the office. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's neat. You know, that's why I started, I started taking photos when I traveled because I, nice. I would come home and my daughters would be like, oh, so what was, you know, Mount Rushmore like or what was, you know, Wyoming like or what was Oregon like and I'm like so I just started taking a, a crap ton of pictures nice yeah that's kind of how I became a creative person uh, just to make my, my kids happy there you go kids have that effect on people I guess amen yep so love them the Justin Bieber tour was just about to get started how bad yep. did, how bad did the uh, lockdown affect everybody that works for you Whew, not it was been horrible you know it's uh, the whole music industry was the first to shut down as soon as this thing started picking up a little steam you know it was the right thing to live nation and ag immediately started pulling people back in and protecting us and you know i have to give them credit they both jumped on it real quick so yeah it's been real tough you know we had to let 87 people go last week two weeks ago now because we're just there's no tour there's no money um, it's going to be a while before we get back going. So this is it's been the worst thing. I've been doing it for 30 years, and it's the first time I've ever seen the business come to a screeching halt besides 9-11. But even 9-11, as tragic as that was, we were really only down for like a month. Yeah, you avoided New York. Yeah. Because yeah, my, my wife worked at, in the casinos in Vegas during 9-11, yeah. and they were yeah. still open. She right. goes, and now she has her friends that still work there sending her videos. They said uh, now they're all closed, but the last day when they were leaving to walk through New York, New York with no no games playing, no music, no people. Got to be so surreal. Walking through the gaming floor, and you're like, what the hell? That would be um, just crazy to see. Well, I, I've seen that. They've, they've been putting a lot of pictures on, online of, of the strip yeah. with no cars, right. no people. I've seen that, yeah. And all the pictures of Europe, all these major cities are usually packed, just empty. It's wild. Definitely crazy, unprecedented. Crazy, crazy times. What, what's, what's your favorite part of traveling after 30 years? Everything. I, I just love it. I love meeting the different people. I love the different foods and cultures. Um, it's, you know, the world is really small and we're all, we're really all the same. We have different cultures, you know, and, being in the music business, everybody speaks music, you know, it's something that yeah, we all true. understand. So it, and it unites us. So when we come into all these different places, they're just as excited for us to be there as we're excited to be there, you know? Yeah. So it's always, you know, it always starts on a good vibe anyway, you know, which is great. And I mean, I, I just nonstop learning from other people and their cultures. And that was really my favorite part of traveling. I learn every day. 51 and I still learn constantly. Yeah, I'm sitting with you. I'm with you. And that's 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 the one thing I like about it. I always tell people there, there are people that are, are geared for office type work and then there's people that aren't. And and like for me and a lot of the people I talk to now with my podcast, 
if you're like, if I'm not traveling, I'm not making money. So, right. I mean, there's this, this thing in the back of your head. You're like, well, I'm being safe, but also I'm not making money right now. And, right. and I don't know that you, you, you told me something that absolutely blew me away when you said the mo- who tell my listeners, who's the most important person for the music industry when this ends. To me, the way I look at everything right now yeah. is the commissioner of the NBA. You know, he controls our arenas where there's so much of our work. All the base work is in arenas. And um, as soon as he decides what they're doing with all their teams and their scheduling, you know, and if they're going to start back up the season or they're going to pass on it, we can't even imagine. Never mind what our government tells us and all that. We just yeah. throw that. If he opens the doors again. Now we got to watch and see what the commissioner of the NBA does, and then we'll know what we're doing. Because as soon as they decide on their schedules and get that set, then the NHL sets their schedules, and then entertainment gets the slump. You know, so yeah, this, to me, the commissioner of the NBA is the strongest person in the music industry at the moment. <laughs> that is so bizarre, but I mean, it <laughs> makes perfect sense once you hear it. Yeah. But when you first told me that, I was like, "What?" Yeah. It's just a point of view, but I, I, I believe it. You know, it's because he's going to control a lot of it. You know, there's shed the outdoor venues, um, but who knows? Those are only summer shows. You know, yeah. I was so who say. knows when this is going to kick back up? Stadiums, same thing. Who knows? And when you know, after this finally gets cleared, then we have to set all the schedules. Then, you know, we need to see which tours were already outgoing, and then how we're going to stack them coming out of that. And who's going to get first dibs, you know, on these buildings and what is, what's the capacity is going to be, you know, are we going to, ch- is this going to change rules and regulations now where we need more space? Oh and so is a 30,000 seat arena, is that really going to turn to like a 15 or 20,000 seat arena? A ticket price is going to go up. How are we going to deal with these changes? You know, there's so many layers that we just can't even guess at of what's going to happen on the other side of and like I told you earlier was, you know, the, the thing that gets me the most is just give me an end date. Right. You know, and, and I know yeah, they can't, but that's, no, for, no, for, no yeah, for my mentality, it's like, okay, well, I've, I've literally missed my entire holiday selling season. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I get, I, I'm supposed to get my spring delivery on May 10th. Right. So I'm supposed to be out selling holiday right now. So my holiday's done. Yeah. That's October, November, really? December. Yeah, seeing in our industry, our winters are the slowest. So all of us roadies, bands, everybody, we just came out of the slow part of the year making money. Like it's, yeah, you, you want you, spring you and summer. For the yeah, spring, summer, fall, the three big seasons of touring. So all of us came, you know, everybody was kind of broke, getting down to the last pennies. We went into these rehearsals that were just starting for all the tours going worldwide, and some tours had already kicked up. But with this ending, I mean, literally touring ended with a lot of people that had no money when this stopped, because this is right when we ramp up to make our money for the year, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it's so tough. Right now. It's going to be a, so, a weird, like you said, it's even if they said April 30th is the, the end date. Yeah. Everything else. Yeah. yeah. June would be the earliest you'd see a show if that happened. Well, in Virginia, yeah. the, the governor of Virginia, what I read yesterday was, he, he shut down the state all the way through May. Yeah. 
So yeah. you're going to have I some states that aren't even going to be open, even if they open, you know, if Trump comes out and says April 30th, hey, we're good, you know, yeah, we still got to deal with it, but, you know, maintain social distance, but let's go back to work. You can have state governors that can say, nah, that's good. Newsom could say, no, let's, let's wait till May 15th. Yep. And, and all the countries are doing it differently, too. And yeah. I think that's part of what's going to happen with touring is when it does start back up, you're going to see it regionally. Yeah. You know, you're going to see American bands just turn American. You're going to see UK bands just turn UK. You're going to see Australian bands just there or there, et cetera, et cetera, before we start the big international movement again. You know? Um, it's just, so that won't be till 2021, really, till things. Um, a lot of tours have already pushed to 2021. Yeah. We pushed ours already to 2021. We announced it last week, you know. For, for, um, for, just for Justin? Sure. Yeah, we just announced last week that instead of we pushed through the summer and the fall, and we'll start touring again in 2021. It's insane. Yeah. You know, you think about how much revenue that, that you know, it, it brings in revenue not just for, for Justin. I mean, it's you guys, it's the production, it's the arenas, it's the, the vendors around the arenas. It's yeah, the popcorn puppers, it's the yeah. parking pool, it's valet, it's usher. It's, it's the it's, restaurants around the arenas. Well, the restaurants around the arena, the, the public transportation, yeah. you know, everything. I mean, yeah, when entertainment goes down, it takes out so many people and so much stuff. I mean, us, the restaurant workers, you know, the bus company. I mean, there's so many companies that are going to fall because of this because they just don't have that kind of equity, you know. Um, it's I mean, really scary time, but I really do feel at the end of this, that a lot of good will come out of it. Um, I hope, you know. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. What, what, what was the out of all the bands? I'm looking at the list of your bands, and I, I just keep getting crazy with it. What was the who was the best to work with? Well, is that a bad is that a bad question? <laughs> it's hard just because. I've had so many great experiences for so many different reasons. Yeah, um, I mean, and then some artists are just difficult, you know. I mean, we're on Justin right now. Talk about Justin. Justin has been phenomenal for me to work with. He's yeah. always taking care of my guys. He's always taking care of my family. When my wife got sick a few years ago and I was on tour with him, he still gave me a salary while I took care of my wife, which I'll be forever thankful for. Um, you know, I've had great times with. Tool, I had great times with my biscuit, I had great times with corn. Um, so Tracy Chapman was amazing. Um, I've been I've been really fortunate that I've been with a lot of great artists and people that are nice, regardless of what you hear in the press, because that's never reality. Yeah. You know, the pumpkins were cool. Um, Lincoln Park, we had fun. And I love my job. I love the industry. It's it would take a lot for me to have a bad day. I've only ever quit a couple tours and those for multiple reasons. But yeah. um, I just, I love my job and I love this industry. <laughs> so it's hard to have a bad day when you love your job and all of it, you know. I try to explain that to my daughters. I'm the same way. Like the, the, my, my travel job, I, I like the stores I, I deal with, the owners, uh, the people that, that shop in the stores. You know, I go to the rodeos and, and work different events and everyone's yeah. f- nice. Like I worked yeah. in, I worked in some douchebag industries, right? And 
where people weren't friendly. Even the people you worked with weren't great. And right. so I just, I'm, you know, the last 10 years of my life have been great working for this company. And yeah, I, I can't even imagine it. I got into this at a very young age with my mother and her theaters in the East coast. I started lighting when I was a wee lad, like 12 <laughs> and I worked community theaters and I've never done anything, but you know, music and theater. And it's, to me, when I hear my friends and my wife's friends and stuff say how much, you know, how unhappy they are with the job and everything, I'm like, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's like you can do anything you want in life. You really can. It's not a bullshit magical thing or anything. You can do whatever you want. Period. I don't care who you are. I, I see it happen daily. It's you just have to have that desire and go for it. So it's like that's be goofy. You need to follow what you want to do. What makes you happy? If you love music, get in the music business one way or another. Like horseback riding, get into that business. You know, it's whatever it has to be. People are like, oh, you can't just do it. Like, yeah, you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I tell I'm people that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a high school dropout that followed the theater world, the music world, and became very successful. And I strongly believe it's because my heart was in it the whole time because I wanted it. You know? Yeah. Um, it's been a very, very good business to me. Well, and I, I, I tell people, they'll come up to me at the road and they're like, so what do you do? And I, I tell them like, oh my God, you have like a dream job. And I go, right. you know, and then my daughter's been very fortunate to have some cool jobs. And they're like, how did she get those jobs? And I go, she applied. Right. She literally didn't know anybody. It wasn't a get, you know, it was, she applied and she, they called her, she interviewed, she got the job, you know? Really that simple. Sometimes you just got to ask. And, and my podcast is the same way. I, I, I have a lot of podcast friends I started with about a year and a half ago. And they're like, how are you getting all these people? And I go, I don't know. I'm just asking. Right. It's yeah. pretty wild, right? You just never know unless you ask. Yeah. I, 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 I think that a lot of people are afraid to ask. You know, and, right. and obviously if you ask like a, a jerk, you're going to get a jerk response. Right. You know, so that's great because then, you know, you don't want to be there real quick. I'm out. I didn't want to work for you anyway, bud. <laughs> but I have people come up to me and they're like, so, so let's see, you sell Western clothing. Cause people that are in the Western clothing, you know, or in the Western lifestyle, you know, they're, they're passionate and you know, they wear Wranglers, Levi's, you know, all they wear all the brands. That's what they wear. And yeah. so, so and they're like, so you travel California and Hawaii? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> that is an awesome region. I mean, give me a break. You're in constant sunshine, good food, nice people. Well, you're not you're not helping me, Chris. Come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I go, I go. You know, if you wanted that that type of job, you know, just like you, it's like, you know. You have a great job, but you're on the road for eight months a year. Right. And right now you're you're not working. Nope. You know, and just like. Nor am I on the road. Yeah, it, it, and, and your crew's not working. So that, you know, that's the pressure you have too. Yeah. You know. That's definitely the, hard, the hardest thing. So Every day I wake up and try to find more and more sources for them to get grants and money and to keep all my guys updated on things they should be filling out. And employment forms and, yeah. Well, yeah, and the unemployment is such a small part of me. We've been really lucky with this, and the music industry has really shown that we are a unit, cohesive unit. Um, Live Nation's doing great stuff out there. There's a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of great stuff for roadies, 
and the alike at the moment. And, you know, hoping to subsidize some of the losses that we have because when it kicks back up, we still need everybody healthy and ready, you know, and it's, uh, it's been a good bond for a lot of people in this business, which is really nice to see. That is, I mean, and I think the, the my, I think my industry would be similar, you know, and I think, right. a, I think a lot of the industries, even like the athletics, you know, I think yeah. I, I always, I always tell people, it's like, think about the Olympic athletes that have been trained for three and a half years. Oh my God. Yes. They were three months from going to Japan for the Olympics. Yep. And now they have to reset their whole physical, mental, everything schedule to push it back a year. Incredible. The one guy I talked to was, uh, you know, you start talking because most, most of them have jobs. Right. You know, that have been accommodating around their, their, their training schedules. Well, you know, and then they have sponsors. Are those sponsors going to be so affected by this that they can't, that, that they can no longer sponsor or, you know, does the sponsorship end in, you know, July of 2020 and are they going to extend it now to July of 2021? And there's just a That's lot a of really things. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So, so there's just, there's stress levels. The cortisol stress levels have just got to be astronomical on a lot of people right now. Yep. And, and those the are for the ones that don't even, aren't even getting sick. Yeah. yeah no, it's, you don't have to get sick to have this virus affect you. I think everybody in the world has now been affected by it one way or another. I guarantee um, Yep. We, and there will be a whole new world coming up. What do you see as far as uh, touring? What, what changes do you see in the next five to ten years? Mm, man, I, it's anybody's guess. Yeah. But I think it'll ramp up slow. I think we'll have, like I said before, I think there'll be some cap, cap capacity changes. I think the international worldwide tours will take a little bit longer even to get going. Um, but I think in the end, you know, music's music. Yeah. I mean, it's the one thing we all understand worldwide. I don't care what language you speak. You drop a beat of any kind and people react. You know, it's, it's, it just goes back to caveman days. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah. Exactly. And I really think it's, it'll come back strong. I think it'll be one of the first things that comes back is something we all do. I mean, I miss turning on TV and watching proper European football. I miss NCAA. I miss all the sports. I miss all of the, the music. I miss people getting together and, you know, feeling that energy of having 20,000 people out of shed watching a show, you know, dancing. And this, we miss that. We're, we're meant to gather. We're human beings, yeah. you know, uh, that's part of why people are sad right now and broken. You can't go, you can't lean on a bar and have a drink with 20 guys. You can't, you know, there's, I think the music industry will come back and get back to where it was rather quickly because it's, it's a very natural thing we all need to do. And it's very animalistic and just a human thing to be together, you know? Um, and who doesn't like music? You know? I was say, like, you've been uh, around the world. so Many times. Yeah, so uh, it's got to be interesting to, to go to Brazil where, you know, they speak Portuguese and, you know, and they're singing English songs. Yeah, it's no matter where you go, they'll sing the, the lyrics even if they don't know what it means, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, with English. You know, we're, we're, we're lucky that way. English and Spanish, you know, enough people speak of, but it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's great. Every, everybody's a little different in their cultures, the way they clap, 
you know, the way they react, when they stand, when they sit, all that's kind of regional. Yeah. But it's uh, always the end result. I've always heard from musicians that they actually don't like playing in L.A. as much. Well, L.A., there's a whole stigma around L.A., so that's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, this, the backstage is always obnoxious. Everybody thinks there's somebody special and needs special parking and needs special tickets. And all the artists that live here want to be you know, guest artists at the shows and everything. And it's like I always try to tell the artists I'm with, you know, don't change your show because we're in L.A. or New York. In New York's the same thing. Okay. And it's like, don't don't change the show. Don't add a bunch of people, you know, if it's going to affect the rhythm of your show, you know. Have a special guest or something, but when you bring in four or five extra guests, all the artists get so stoked. They're like, yeah, this is going to be the best. And then you leave and like, God, that sucks. Why was the show so bad tonight? It's like, we changed the whole vibe. You worked all these months on putting a show together. You rehearse it with your band, your dancers, your crew, boo, boo, boo. And then you change everything just because you're in a city. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's So it is tough. And I can only imagine the extra pressures for the artists having all their managers there and agents and their kids and their wives and everybody wants to shake your hand and take a picture. When usually you get your mindset before the show, you have a routine we all do, you know, that's always the same everywhere, but really those two cities and honestly London too. You know, those three cities are the ones that have that vibe. Um, so, yeah. I, I can I, see the artists telling me that. Yeah, but, but what they had told me was because there's so many industry people that want to go to the show or they came for free or they're guests, yeah. they don't cheer. Yeah. They're, they're, the energy in the crowd's not the same. Not at all. It, and that's right. They're, they're a lot pickier. They like stare there and just waiting for you to do something different or have a, a rant or whatever. You know, it's everybody does see every show that's in the business here and they're a lot more judgy. You know, LA is a very judgy place for that. Well, and I also think, you know, you go to Colorado or, you know, Den major metropolitan, Colorado, Den Denver, Dallas, but people have to save up money to go to a show. Yep. And so when they go, it's a release. It's, I'm going to have a few drinks. I'm going to have some pop. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have yep. some fun. I'm going to scream. Yep. I'm going to yell. And then, but when they come to LA, it's, oh, my friend got me some tickets and he knows the, the drummer or he knows the, audio engineer yeah if you want to go let's go so now you didn't pay through yeah yeah i mean most people you know save and are able to go to one or two shows max a year right. you know, most people save for one show a year you yeah, know it's an event yep it's a huge event and it's special and it should be you know um and that's what i remind them all the time is don't get complacent like when you get out there like designers that decide they want to change something up or the musical director or whatever, whatever. It's like, hang on, we built the show because it was a great show and we loved it. And that's why we put this out. Don't change it because you got bored with it, you know, because you're still these other people, these other cities, these other countries we're going to haven't seen the show yet. You know? So. Well, see, and I, I, I've asked my, my friends that are musicians. I, I asked, I asked almost everybody, how do you maintain you know, if you've played, I mean, let's you uh, two, Streets Without with No Name. They've been playing that song for 35, almost 40 years. Yep. So how do you play that song after 35 years with the same, you know, because I've never seen them live, so I want to see the band. You know what I mean? Right. 
And so even, even like, you know, Justin or any of the people that you work with, you know, it's, it's the 400,000th time they've sung that song, but it might be the first time their, their fans have seen it. Yep. So it's a real, it's a real tough one. Yeah. And it, and it is hard. A lot of artists get sick of playing their big hit and don't want to do it, you know? And it's like, you know, the one thing uh, I used to tell this one artist I was very involved with, I was like, they're coming to see the show because they want to hear the songs they fell in love with too, you know? Yeah. So even though you're sick of playing it, they've given you money being your fan because that number one hit you had that brought him or her together with him or her or what have you, you know, or girlfriends dancing together to certain songs growing up, you know, they, yeah. they still want to hear like with Justin, they want to hear baby. They want to hear certain songs, you know, with the old rock and the stones, everything they want to hear started up. They want to hear these songs, you know, you two, all these, well, anybody's been around for more than a couple of years. Yeah. You know, of course they do. And it is a struggle. I'm sure for the artists, cause they got to get sick of playing it. And, you know, one of my artists finally said to me, um, you know, I'm not just a, a box, you know, I'm not, I'm not a DJ. I'm not here. You tell me what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you have to give the fans also what they want. You know, so I'm not a musician. I can't get in their heads and tell them what to do or how to do it oh, or why to do it. I, I, you know, I'd say 90% of the artists I'm with are really good about still giving the fans those hits and being able to spread out all the new music inside it as well. You know, um, and I, I, I give a lot of kudos to the artists to play the now record, you know, and just make a few of the hits in between because sure. the artists have to feel what they're writing and present what they're feeling, you know, and that's their right. You know, so God bless them. Definitely play the new stuff, but remember to give them a couple of the old treats because that's why they're there. Well, that's a, you know, we went and saw <laughs> my wife and I went and saw Simple Minds, and Great band. yeah, we, we had never even seen them come out in the last. You know, to, to, they've been playing over in Europe a lot, but they haven't come over to the yep. states quite a bit. And uh, so we went and saw them, and that guy Jim Kerr, he's got to be late fifties, early sixties, right? He, they there was no opening band. They did two sets, and they were like an hour each, hour and 15 each. So he took a break. They went in the back, and they played some music, and then they came out, and, and, and they played. They did just what you said. They, they intermit. My wife's a huge Simple Minds fan, and they're like, you know, 18, 20 albums in. And, you know, everyone wants to hear Don't You Forget About Me, but right. they have their own favorites. So it's, it's got to be hard to kind of figure out what songs to play. Right. I did a crowded house in the early nineties and the Finn brothers had a great way of doing it um, on that tour. I don't think they do it on all tours, but uh, certainly on the tour, I was with them at that moment um, where the, the audience was asked to bring paper airplanes, write down what songs they want and throw the paper airplanes at the stage. That's awesome. And so what Neil would do is between songs, he laid kneel down and grab a piece of paper and go, okay, pineapple head or whatever the song <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. And the crew would have to, and the band would have to scramble to get the right piece of gear on and kick up into the next song. So you never knew what the set list was going to be. So the lighting guy, the sound guy, the guitar techs, the band, everybody would have to be on their toes to know what was coming next, which what was going to be called out. You know, and that was kind of cool because then every night was different and, yeah. No one could really say anything because it was, you know, it happens to be just random. 
you know. Um, we always had fun with it. That that would be a good way to change it up. Yeah. Wait, one thing yeah, I've asked. Was also a tour. <laughs> What's that? That was also a theater tour where it's a lot easier to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's got. You know, I couldn't imagine like you know with, with a show like Justin or Kanye or, or Ariana where you have dancers and and lighting and you know you have a script oh, yeah. basically you're you're following. Yep. And hundred percent. My um, when my daughter worked for the band that we talked about earlier. There, yeah. they, there was a, a one point in the tour or in the concert that somebody had to hit a button to let the confetti shoot out. Yep. And they had realized once they got to, to the first stop that no one had been designated that. So my daughter got to do it, but she had to hit it on the right note or whatever. Yeah, the right beat. Yeah. So that was, she was yep. a conf- confetti button girl for one part. Oh, yeah. So many of the shows now are fully scripted, fully everything cued, everything's the time code. Yeah. You know. So much of that now. Yeah. So that's just the way it is. So, yep. So I was going to ask you, what do you, with the downtime you have in between, you know, with their travel, whether it's flying or driving or buses or probably mainly flying, but how do you feel in that time? Are you always doing work or are you trying to relax? When I'm actually on the road? Yeah. I'm on the road. I mean, myself, I, I don't have days off. I call them non show days. So I have <laughs> yeah. days and non show days. Travel My days. non-show days, I generally like to sleep in a little bit, work out, go back to my room, um, spend a few hours working, and then go out. Make sure I get out and see some of the local culture, eat the local food, you know, and just get my brain to break to not think about the artist or everything that's going on. Yeah. You have to take breaths. If you don't stop, and breathe, you get beat down, get wore out, you know, and, and you get bitter. So I don't want to be one of those old bitter guys that have been doing it too long. I still love what I do. So I try to make sure I get some me time on those days off you yeah. know, and, and take advantage of traveling. Even in America, you, you know, where I've obviously been my whole life, I, there's still stuff I see every day, like in St. Louis or Milwaukee or whatever, you know, you can always find something but the local pubs are always a great place to hang, you know, there's, just to see what's going on. I have, a, I have a business traveler, and, and his gig is he has an app on his phone, Chris, and it has all the craft beer breweries in every city. There you go. Yeah. So every you know whether it's Chicago or you know, he he travels three weeks a month, and he goes he goes that's he goes so if, I, if I'm bored if I got nothing to do or you know I just pull up that app find a new craft beer and it's got to be something I haven't been, he goes he's got a little check mark if he's been there or not and nice he goes to the next one. Yeah, that's great. I know a lot of guys that do different things like that. Some yeah. search out beers, some search out their favorite pizza joints or sandwich joints. Or you know, a lot of guys have little clicks like that. And, you know, some guys all go out and go riding. You know, yeah. some guys go out in Harley's. You know, it's it's there's usually when you get the tour up and running, going little clicks develop, and you know the ones that like to sightsee, the ones that like to see movies on days off, the ones that eat, the ones that drink. You know, it's 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 cool. What's, what's sad is like, I get to do all that. <laughs> Ditto. I'm like, I get to go to the museum because I mainly travel by myself. So like, at least uh, you travel yeah. with a crew, whereas I, yep. I, I'm out on the road. And like, I'll be up in North California for a week straight, eight days, you know. So I'll, yep. one night I'll go to the movies <laughs> by myself. One night I'll, I'll go to a museum or, you know, just kind of try and change it up. Yeah, I, you know, you say that and I do travel with crews, but 
sometimes I love going out by myself. Like, yeah. honestly, I'm one of those people that absolutely loves eating alone sometimes. I'm, you know, I'm with I you. just listen to all the conversations going on in the restaurant, eavesdrop on everybody, just kind of giggle, you know? Um, Isn't that funny? Be very I was going to ask you, you're around a lot of famous people. And I think the, the one thing I would, I would hate about it is losing the anonymity. Right. Being able yeah. to sit in a restaurant and, and watch other people and see, you know. Yeah, it w- it's hard. I don't, I don't envy any of these famous people I work with or for. Yeah. Um, they, they have a very hard life, depressed, the public, um, make it very hard on them. You know, it takes away their private life. It's, it's, I understand, but it's like, yeah, but they want that. That's why they became famous. Well, you know what? Some people are meant to be singers. Some people are meant to be roadies. Some people are meant to be salespeople. Some people are meant to be computer geeks. There's, Athletes, we all have our place yeah. without purpose. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of unfair to say that just because that's their calling and that's something that makes them happy that the negative part has to be part of that. I don't, I don't believe that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, whenever I see famous people out and about or whatever, I stay as far away from them, even if I'm like the superest fan, you know, I'm like, let them have their normal, let them just be, you know, and and that is part of California, Southern California that, you know, a lot of artists can just go freely around. It's never a local that's walking up to a restaurant. It's always a tourist. tourist. Always a tourist. I've only done that one time. It was with um, Olivia Newton, John. I, all my years, I asked for one photo, and that was with Tupac Shakur uh, at the Grammy many years ago. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Well, I, I, did, I didn't go up to Olivia because of me. My wife is a super fan. Ah, uh, wasn't I mean, a childhood crush for you? <laughs> no, no. But my, my, my wife, like, her first concert was Olivia Newton-John at, I think, eight, eight, I, eight or nine. Her, her aunt took her to, she still has a picture from it. And That's so she's so just a super fan. So I was at a at a, a work party that my wife didn't want to go to. And Olivia's there with her husband. And I'm like, oh shit. I go, my wife's not gonna believe me. So I went up to her and said, Hey, I hate to do this. I I I, I really hate to do this, but uh, I just want to say thanks for music. Not my wife's a big fan. She goes, Oh, that's great. And she goes, Oh so we, we she was actually really super nice and her husband was nice to me. And I said, I've never done this, but is it possible we could take a picture together so I could show my wife? And she goes, yeah, yeah. So I hold out my camera, Chris, like level, like that's, you know, yeah. she, she goes, no, dear. And she holds up, she puts up the camera higher for, a, I guess, a better <laughs> angle. I don't know. Right. And uh, so, we, so we take the picture and she leaves and I sent it to my wife and um, I, I, t- I texted to her and we were both in Vegas at the time. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, I'll be right there. Where are you? I'll be there in five minutes. I go, baby, she, she already left. She's like, oh my oh God, my oh my God. God. So that's the only person I'd rather bothered. I mean, you know, we're in LA, so you see a lot of people. But of course. But I, she wouldn't have believed me if I would have, she would have thought I was just messing with her. So. That's great. So what's the best way for, for people to, to follow you and see what you have going on? Um, I really don't do social media due to the fact that, uh, yeah, I know <laughs> all of our fans get a hold of all our info. You know, there was a period in my life where I had to change my phone a lot. So I literally dropped off of social and the only place I ever do much of anything's on LinkedIn. Right. Um, it is a good business platform. Yeah, it is. Um, 
So that's the best place to see my resume and what I'm doing next and all that. And I post every once in a while some, but usually it's something industry you know, related. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really, you can find me on LinkedIn and that's, that's the only spot. Do you ever uh, mentor people or, you know? I do a lot. Okay. I mentor a lot of, a lot of people. Um, interesting you say that during this break, since this whole virus has started, I'm getting a lot of um, people asking me on LinkedIn, students around the world, um, about interviewing me and talking to me just about the business and how I got in. And some of music students that need to write papers, yeah. you know, on somebody interesting or whatever. And um, so I've had this mass influx in the last two weeks where it's kind of overwhelming. And I found to my wife, I'm like, man, I'm getting pounded by all these you know, kids, but not yeah. really kids. Yeah, no, no, I got you. Um, and she goes, well, you've got a lot of free time now. Do it. <laughs> so I've been doing it. Like yesterday, I spoke to two different people, one in New York and one in Prague. Um, oh, wow. And literally just get on the phone and they're amazing, the questions they come up with. And, you know, it's been great. And then I do a lot of mentoring in our business of younger people coming up and trying to help them. I'm not one of the old dudes that's like, oh, fuck you young guys or whatever. You gotta learn it. I like yeah. to have them around. They have a different perspective. They have a different way of looking at stuff, you know, stuff. There's a certain amount of the generations that are lazy, but I've found as the boss, if you work with them, you can amp them up and get their work um, standards higher, you know? Um, so, and I work a lot on that when I am mentoring these guys and gals, you know, to let them know you know, what we look for, like we want the harder workers. We want you to speak up and have an opinion. It's like I tell all my employees, please, if you think you have a better way of doing it or see a different way of doing it, please speak up because we don't know everything. Yeah. We like to learn. I would love for you to tell me a better way to do everything because at the end of the day, Better's better. the better job we do as a whole, the better I look for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I strongly believe in hiring smarter than me as the boss. Um, <laughs> because then I know all my divisions are secure. I know they're going to do a great job. I know the whole show's better. So I guys and gals that hire below them only because they've got to have that Napoleon complex or I'm the king of the road. Yeah. You know, I don't get that. It's like I did that game when I was younger and it was a disaster. You know, as soon as I started letting go of that and being a boss that wants to have smarter people around me, my career got way better, you know, and I'm more relaxed. You know, because I don't have to stress, like, oh, my God, is the lighting going to be right tonight? Um, is this going to be right or wrong? You know, like, I always strongly believe, hire better, bigger and better than me, you know, and direct well. Man, you know? I totally agree. You know, even with, like, with my show, I, I've asked my daughters who are 24 and 26, you know, hey, listen to a show. What do you think? You know, you know, look at my website, you know, because I want to see that that younger perspective. Right. That, you know, and, and you're... you're Hey, I knew some lazy guys back when we were young too. Yep. You know, it's true. A hundred percent. Not, yep. not everybody not I grew people. up with was, was a, a barn burner. No, I, I agree. You know, I, I think, agree. I think that's a, the, the, the misnomer that, that as we get older, we forget all the, the bad things. It's true. It's I mean. true. But I asked my kids, you know, and they're 17 and 15. I have them interject on like when I'm designing shows, like, what do you think? They're like, yeah, that looks what what's that dad we're like oh my god that's a great idea you know um 
I, I bounce a lot off the teenagers around my house. Actually, we have a lot of kids here a lot of the times and they have such a broad outlook, a totally different outlook. And it's not as tarnished, yeah. you know? Um, so I get a lot of, and they tell you the truth. <laughs> oh yeah. They're going to tell the truth. Well, Mr. Grant, I don't know. Are you like, Oh, you're working with that artist. They're dreadful. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. all those kind of things. Like, and sometimes I don't know, like when I got the call for Ariana Grande, cause I did her first big, big tour. Um, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. And I called my daughters. I was out, I think with Kanye West at the time. And my guy, you ever heard of Ari Grande? And they literally screamed so loud on the end of the phone. I'm like, um, okay, I guess I'll take that tour. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's a rebounding guess. <laughs> um, I so did, you, you just never know. I did that with, um, I, I, the president of a record label, uh, agreed to be on the show and, it was a, it's a rap label. And I was like, right. all right. And, and um, so I'd look him up and I'm like, oh, this would be, this'd be a good, nice interview. And his, his main artist was Gucci Mane. And, right. and so I, I, I literally text my daughter. I go, hey, is Gucci Mane like a, you know, I go, what's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, dad. I'm like, all right, all right, relax. <laughs> you know? So yep. they're like, how did you get him? I go, I don't know. He agreed to be on the show. Yeah, they're funny like that. My my kids uh, cringe that I produce kids' bop. Um, <laughs> not telling anybody that, you know, because they're older. I'm yeah, like, guys, yeah. you guys both listened to kid bop for years. It was your favorite stuff. Don't you tell know, anybody that. Exactly. Yeah. Don't tell them like that. Yeah. All right. I was just a, I was a kid back then. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, but I I truly appreciate the time and. No worries. And. Uh, I would say we, we, we should hook up at some point, but you're on the road more Rick. than me, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what the future brings. Maybe when we get on the other side of this thing. Yeah, you got we it. We get together with our wives and have dinner. Yeah. Hey, that'd be great. Awesome. All right, bud. I appreciate the time. Bye. and Enjoy your day, man. Bye. Be well. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Bye.